You're listening to U Radio. Let your voice be heard. My name is Ryan Funk here on U Talk, a program dedicated to diversity, highlighting native born and new Canadians' cultures and experiences. English can be a difficult skill to master and can be a significant endeavor for many immigrants to overcome when they move to Canada. Laura Castillo was born in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Her parents were political refugees who fled the dictatorship in Chile. Laura's family would then move back to Chile when she was 12. The experiences of her parents and her own living in Chile inspired Laura to dedicate herself to teaching. She is an EAL-ESL teacher and launched online classes through Bridges English Language School. I've been back in Canada for about um, 19 years now, almost Mm -hmm. 20. And um, I think that there is so much uh, variety within um, Canada that um, I've been able to kind of enjoy both cultures in Canada as well. Mm -hmm. And I'll get to that in just a minute. So I think the biggest uh, difference is that the the, the Chileans in general have this ability to just laugh about absolutely everything and anything. And so in general, they don't really take life as serious as um, sometimes it's taken here. Mm -hmm. That's not to say that they aren't, um, that they don't, um, you know, that they're not concerned for their lives or well-beings, uh, well-being, sorry, but um, they are definitely uh, a group of people that really enjoys their everyday life and appreciate the people that are around them. And no matter what the situation, they will try to find a positive in a negative um, Mm -hmm. situation. So um, just to give you an example, right now in Chile, there's been... um, a social uprise happening for over a year now. It started in October 2019. And um, the people have been uh, protesting on the streets for political and social changes. Um, they've been, they were able to uh, get the government to uh, call on a, a, a government, um, oh, sorry, they, they got, they were able to get the government to change the constitution. Mm-hmm. And so there was a, a reform on that. And so people have actually taken to the streets and they get very serious when it comes to social and human rights mm-hmm. uh, and politics. We come from a very, very political background. And that is that goes back to when the Spaniards actually took over South America. So it's something that we carry with us. Um, it's very important for us. So when we came, when our families came to, to Canada, um, a lot of the people brought that with them. And mm-hmm. so to this day, we are able to meet in our smaller communities, you know, our ethnic communities. We have our friends mm-hmm. and I have friends who are also bilingual. So we'll speak a lot of Spanglish mm-hmm. and uh, we enjoy, you know, both sides of, of, of our cultures because at this point, most of us have lived here, you know, most of our lives. So we have the Chilean and the Canadian roots at this mm-hmm. point. Um, and so when I started off with the idea of, um, you know, it's so diverse here, we've actually really been able to interact with other ethnicities and communities because of that flexibility and just positivism that I feel that we have. Now, there are, every culture has their, you know, their 
their their their I was going to say pizzazz, but I don't know if that's an appropriate word. <laughs> but um, every culture has something about them that just makes them unique, and and uh, we've kind of learned to adapt to each situation, no matter what. Your background, you're heavily involved in education. I guess what kind of inspired that? Oh, it's you know what I um, when I was in high school, I just I thought that being a teacher was something so cool. And um, I was, I remember I was in, I was in Chile at this point in high school. And um, I remember mentioning to one of our, one of my teachers that I was, that I wanted to be a teacher. And she actually looked at me and she said, well, you're stupid. Why would you want to be a teacher? And I didn't know what to do. She, like, I didn't, I was stunned. My, my world came crashing down. And, um, so I thought, well, maybe she's right. Maybe I am in the wrong, in the wrong, uh, on the wrong path, on the wrong path. And, um, so, you know, it kind of stuck to me for a while. And then I tried to go into different other professions. So I did one year of law, Mm -hmm. um, in a, in the university in the Northern region. Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately, that I wasn't able to continue with that because I didn't have enough. I didn't have the financial means to be able to continue in that profession. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I moved back to Canada, um, at this point, I was already pregnant with my daughter. And so I thought, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? Um, I need I need money and I need something fast and I need to do something. So I thought that uh, nursing would be a good alternative. I tried it. <laughs> and I, I got to my first rounds at, uh, at, at the hospital. And I was in the geriatric ward. And, you know, the, the grandparents, uh, the elderly in there were so cute. And they were so mm-hmm. adorable, you know. But I did see a lot of things that were hurtful. You know, it's kind of sad to get to that age. Um, and everything was okay, but I wasn't happy. Um, you know, just walking into the hospital or into the, um, onto the ward, the smell, it was getting to me. Um, cause you know, they have that bleachy smell. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, and so then I just decided I, and I thought about it, you know, they don't have weekends. They have to work nights. They have to work holidays. And me being a single mom, I wasn't going to be able to be around as often uh, for as I wanted, right? So mm-hmm. if it was just uh, me and my family who were going to go to my daughter's um, Christmas concerts, well, I, I couldn't. I couldn't stop. I, I had to be there. And um, so at that point, I had already been teaching uh, or being the, uh, the teaching assistant in the Spanish department mm-hmm. at the University of Manitoba. And I loved it. That was my place. I just absolutely loved it. We did stuff with the students. Like, I did what the instructors told me to do with the students. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'd always go the extra mile and try to help them figure things out a little bit more and, and whatnot. So um, at that point, I said, nope, I'm going into my, I'm going to get my Bachelor of, of Education. And mm-hmm. I did it. And I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, they were offering um, course credits if we took EAL. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not considered a teachable subject, but it was something to supplement what we could do, and they would give us a certification at the end of it. And then we just had to take an extra 
courses. So um, I took them. And when I graduated, I had my EAL certification. Um, but my teachable subjects are actually um, Spanish and history. Mm. Uh, and now with the EAL, it was very difficult uh, to find a job when I graduated uh, that would take someone with, with, um, you know, with all with the background that I particularly had, and I was mostly focused on senior years, so teenagers. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it was heartbreaking to know and to see actually that there were people that were hired for EAL courses or classes in the high schools, but were not um, were not certified um, or did not have the training needed. Uh, and they were hired because they had been teaching somewhere in Japan or China for a year. Um, and so that I moved into, um, I, I worked in the, in the, in a Hutterite colony, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. I worked at a Hutterite colony and I taught a multi-level ESL or EAL class to a group of about 16 kids. Um, I think 10, 10 or 12 of them were boys and three or four of them were girls. And so it was the most interesting experience that I think I've had so far. Um, mm -hmm. Great group of kids. It's very different culture shock at that point with them. When it comes to EAL or ESL, are there uh, language or cultural barriers to overcome when helping uh, teach English as a second language? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, we need to be tolerant, patient, and open-minded. Um, because sometimes what we think, and, and I've learned this over the years, that there are a lot of times when we think that, um, that, that it's common sense, for example. That something mm -hmm. is common sense. People should know. But the reality is that they don't know. And what is common sense for us is not common sense for them. Right? Mm -hmm. So something as simple as... Um, and this is just a random example, um, you know, something as simple as taking your shoes off when you go into someone's home. Mm -hmm. Well, for us, that's common sense. It's not something we necessarily talk about. But for others, that is just the most ridiculous thing ever. Why would you take your shoes off? <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, where you have to be a little bit more careful is when you talk about those um you know, when, when people start to talk about religion and politics and sexuality, mm -hmm. those are the areas that would be a little bit more controversial. But over the years, I've actually learned that um, bringing up those those topics in the classroom, as long as it's done with respect and very tactfully, it's actually a good thing because mm -hmm. it gets the conversation going and it starts to uh, create an atmosphere of trust and of understanding that we do need to be tolerant. We do need to be accepting of other people's beliefs and values and of the experiences that they're bringing into a classroom or even to a friendly relationship. Because, you know, I, I, I firmly believe we, there are no um, bad people. They're just different. When learning English, what are some key steps or techniques uh, people can utilize when, when learning this? Uh, that's a good question because there are so many steps within um, learning a language. 
I think the first thing that uh, people need to understand is that um, learning is a, English is a skill. It's not information. So um, that's one of the things that people need to realize. It doesn't matter whether you're jumping from one class to another. What is important is being able to use the language in different scenarios um, because that's what it, it's the skill. Mm -hmm. right? um, it's almost like learning how to ride a bike. You can't just hop on a bike and then go to another level. No, you have to actually learn how to do it continuously. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're going to fall. Um, so my, I think one of the key steps and key techniques that I've told students is to, number one, uh, repeat and be consistent. Mm -hmm. Repetition and consistency in learning and in reviewing their lessons because that's what's going to drill it into their minds in some way or another. Um, and then, you know, they have to also understand that when we learn a language, we take three steps forward and then we take one step back. Mm -hmm. So we will forget certain things, but then again, we take another three steps. We still made progress, but then we'll forget a few things. And that's just normal. Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't mean anyone is, uh, you know, that they they, they just can't. Everybody can, um, to a certain degree, of course. And so, and also that um, people need to understand that it's not a race. The person sitting beside you may not know, and they may, they may, you know, our perception of that person may be that they know a lot, but they don't. So everybody needs to understand that learning this skill is individual. And there's no need to race with anyone. It's not a competition. It's about our own personal ability. Um, and finally, is to just have confidence. Confidence and trust um, in, in themselves. So, um, you know, one of the things that I've, one of my, I guess, key trade uh, trademarks or expressions that I've always used in the, in the classroom was because we use um, CLB levels in Canada, right? So mm -hmm. Canadian language benchmarks. And one of the things that I've always said to students is, uh, when you go up and you speak to someone, I want you to think that you are a benchmark 10. There's no benchmark. Oh, no, there's a benchmark 10, but that's like a that's like <laughs> university master's level almost. Mm -hmm. um, and so the other person doesn't know benchmarks. I mean... The reality is that in order to know how high a benchmark is, you have to be a teacher. And most jobs, most places that people go to, they don't know benchmarks. Mm -hmm. And what the other person doesn't know, well, yeah. <laughs> so uh, they can be a benchmark five. It doesn't matter. I want you to walk in there and I want you to pretend that you are a benchmark 10. Mm -hmm. And then just go with it. Trust yourself. If, if they don't understand, it doesn't matter reword it and keep going don't um don't doubt and if you know it comes with practice bridges english language school provides english language classes to people living in canada canadian citizens welcome and all over the world they try to cater to the needs of people who need flexibility because of their busy schedules and personal responsibilities Laura would like to invite anyone who's interested to contact them at bridges.esl.school at gmail.com 
or contact them through Facebook. More details can be found at www.bridgesealschool.com. If you have any stories you'd like us to share or communities we should highlight, leave a comment on our social media or reach out to us on our website. I'm Brian Funk. This was You Talk, and have yourself a good one.